just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully your day is going well. It's Monday. We're starting out a new week. Still got this damn cold. It's better. It's better. I got some rest. Uh, But still the nose, the sinus, the cough, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Hopefully you won't hear many coughs in the podcast itself. Fortunately, I'm able to go back and cut out the cough so you don't have to listen to that shit. But uh, still have the cold, so if I sound weird to you, that is why. Now, I've only done a couple of TikToks the last couple of days, but I'm getting hit up by a lot of those Trumplefucks. I don't know how they're getting through. They don't usually get through. But they, you know, they all say the same thing. You're stupid, old man. You're just a big liar like all the libtards. You know, they've got incredible insults. And, and I got to tell you, when I see these, I want so badly to wade into one of these people and just tear them up. But there's two problems with that, and I've talked about it before. First of all, when you're doing it in a text format, in comments, in a post, it doesn't have quite the impact if I can say it to their face. And secondly, of course, we know once they get embarrassed, which will happen pretty quickly uh, when they're talking with somebody at uh, average or above intelligence, they just can't hang, then they'll complain and have your video taken down. It's just not fucking worth it. But I see these people all the time just making these stupid comments. And I wish just once I could be walking down the street now. I've told you before, I've had a few occasions where people have recognized me. Now, in each of those occasions, those people have been friendly folks, people of a like mind. And those are always pleasant encounters. But just once, I'd like to be walking down the street and have somebody come up to me and go, you're the guy on TikTok, you're a libtard, right? And I could say, yeah, what do you want to tell me? And then say, let's do it on TikTok. Let's just do it on TikTok. I'll start that motherfucker right now and go. Then I would have the chance to actually say what I need to say to these people. I've done it a couple of times on the podcast. There are days like today when I wish I could get a Trumplefuck on the podcast just to rip them up. Not even for the sake that it might be entertaining because it may or may not be, but it would make me feel better. I'm not somebody who has a real raging temper. You'll never hear me scream or yell or say something I don't mean because I always think about everything I say and uh, I don't get emotional about it. That's usually the best path to take when it comes to debating or arguing with somebody. But that said, I will take them to task, as you know, from listening to the previous Trumplefox on. It's just almost a release for me to put them in their place. Uh, But inevitably, somebody will say, that was mean of you to do, even though they are the mean ones. I'm just putting them in their place. So I'm getting these folks on TikTok. It frustrates me sometimes, but I don't let it get to me. It's not a big deal. I do a lot of videos. I hear from a lot of people. 99.99% of them are very nice people and of a like mind. So I'm blessed in that sense. You know, it's funny, when I watch TikTok, I always find it interesting. Somebody who's on TikTok who has a lot of followers, they'll get some mean comment in their, um, in their comments on their post, and then they'll come on and they'll cry and, I feel so bad, this is so hard for me because people are being mean to me. And I think to myself, what the fuck are you doing on TikTok? What the fuck are you doing in public at all? This world is a tough place. If somebody disagrees with you and you're spewing it out publicly, you better plan on getting some shit. And if you can't handle the shit, I wouldn't do that anymore. I I just don't get it. It sometimes frustrates me when I see people on TikTok do that because I think they're doing it for views or for clout. 
I may be wrong. I may be being insensitive, but that's what it seems like. If you've got 100,000, 200,000 followers and you get a mean comment and you're crying on TikTok, this can't be the fucking first one. So why are you doing it? The other thing I hate uh, when I... um, when I listen to TikTok, is I hate the people who come out with their little personal infighting or turmoil. I don't give a shit about your turmoil with another fucking creator. You're putting too much importance into the creator. We do what we do because we have something to say, but that doesn't make any creator special or more talented or smarter or more important than anybody else. And I think some creators, when they get to a certain point and they have a certain amount of followers, they start believing their own press clippings, if you will. They think they're something special. And they're not. They're just fucking not. They're just people. I mean, as somebody who does TikTok um, and has some followers, when I meet somebody, I don't think, well, I'm this big TikTok guy and I'm just looking down at this person who's my follower. Fuck no. I don't know what that person's life's about. Probably more accomplished than I am. That's why I don't call my followers followers. I call them peers. Because if I'm lucky, I'm at the same level as those folks that listen to me. I'm by no means above anybody else. I'm just louder than most people. That's the only difference between me and everybody else. I'm not even the fucking smartest one in the room. I'm just the one willing to stand up and speak my mind. But... When I watch TikTok, sometimes I get very frustrated. There's a, there's a few things that bug me about it. It's, it's like when somebody's telling a story, and it looks like it might have some promise. You know, it might be an interesting story, and I want to I see how this goes. But it takes them forever to get to the point. You know, it's like it's all a setup. It's trying to manipulate you so you're exactly right, so when they land with the story, it hits you just right. I fucking hate that. It's funny, there are some people in the media, on YouTube, on TikTok, in podcasts, that don't quite understand communications. Communications is relaying information to somebody that might be useful or important for them to know. You don't need to fuck with their heads. You can set up a joke. You can set up the story in a couple of seconds. You don't need to take half the fucking TikTok to set it up and then hit you with some lame bullshit. That's three minutes I could never get back. And then, and then of course, you have the uh, Trumplifucks that come in and, and, and try to tell you that you're stupid. It's, it's, it's really kind of an interesting thing. There's a lot of negativity on TikTok and Facebook and Instagram. And if you're somebody that's affected by that shit, I wouldn't do it because you're going to feel bad about yourself. I get all kinds of negative shit thrown my way. And frankly, I'm just happy for the attention. I don't give a fuck if they hate me or they love me. It doesn't really matter. And those people that uh, want to argue with me, The offer is always out there. I'm not going to argue with you in the comments on TikTok, but you're more than welcome to come to the podcast and we'll have it out. But, of course, they don't ever do that. You know, Monday podcasts are always the hardest podcast to do because I'm recording it at about midnight, 1 o'clock on Monday morning. So we're just coming out of Sunday, and Sunday, not a lot of stuff is happening. It's not as frenetic as it is during the week. I mean, during the week, there's no problem coming up with content and talking about different stories. On Sunday, a lot of it's repeated or held over, and it's harder to do something that's different than what I did the day before. Nonetheless, I try. And, you know, I think we accomplish it pretty good. There's enough stories out there. None of these stories are earth-shattering, like is so often the case when we're doing it during the week. But interesting nonetheless. Got a story for you to start things out. Apparently, I'm drinking water. Now, those folks that don't like hearing me drink water, you're going to have to deal with it because I got a cold, and it's either that or hack into the mic. And I'm going for the drink because that seems like a better option. Anyway, Fox News. 
We love Fox News, don't we? We know that they're admitted liars now. They're proven to be liars. They say one thing behind the scenes. They say another on camera, whether regardless of if, of if it's damaging to the country and the people in it. They don't care. They just got to keep that putting that money in their pocket. Well, apparently there's a disgruntled Fox employee. Well, at least one of them. I'm guessing there's probably a number of them. And his name is Howard Kurtz. Now, Howard Kurtz is no Tucker Carlson and no Sean Hannity, but he's well-known. He's been around a long time. And the funny thing about Howard Kurtz, he sees himself as a newsman, which seems ironic because there is no such thing on Fox News. There are no newsmen or newswomen. There are shit-stirrers, there are entertainers, there are fascists, there are liars, there are Trump-lafucks. They ain't no newsmen or newswomen. But Howard Kurtz is upset because he says there's a news story that he wants to report. It's a news story that his people, his audience, wants him to report on. But the brass at Fox News is saying, yeah, nah, don't do that. Don't talk about that on the air. It never happened. It's like COVID. And, of course, I'm talking about this lawsuit from Dominion Voting Machines against his own network, Fox News, to the tune of $1.6 billion. Now, I have to agree with Howard Kurtz at this point. That sounds like one motherfucker of a news story. And if I fancy myself a newsman, I would want to tell it, even if it involves my very own network. But the people in the ivory tower at Fox News says, yeah, don't don't talk about it. You would think any self-respecting news organization would jump all over that story. Fortunately for Fox News, they're neither self-respecting or a news organization, so they got that little loophole, and they don't want to talk about it. Now, we know how things have worked out for trump who just don't want to talk about things like COVID and like uh, the attack on the Capitol, the insurrection. We don't want to talk about it. never happened. Fact is, they're embarrassed by it. They're incredibly embarrassed by it, and they really don't know what to do with it. Let's be perfectly honest, with all that's come out about Fox News, they are going to lose that lawsuit to Dominion to the tune of $1.6 billion. And while it may or may not bankrupt them, it's certainly going to take a big bite out of their ass. Now, Kurt said this on the air, some of you have been asking why I'm not covering the Dominion voting machines lawsuit against Fox involving the unproven claims of election fraud in 2020. And it's absolutely a fair question, Kurt said. I believe I should be covering. It's a major media story, given my role here at Fox. But the company has decided that as a part of the organization uh, being sued, I can't talk about it or write about it, at least for now. I strongly disagree with that decision, but as an employee, I have to abide by it. And if that changes, I'll let you know. Fox News, whose hosts routinely rail against censorship, did not immediately return a request for comment. Yeah, they like to talk about MSNBC. They like to talk about all the social media platforms and their censorship and their their beating down of the First Amendment, even though they don't know what the First Amendment is all about. Now, of course, we know earlier this month, court filings revealed text messages that Dominion said were sent by senior Fox News executives and major hosts. The text suggests that the network talent and decision makers 
did not believe the false claims of election fraud that they were amplifying on the air. Tucker uh, Tucker Carlson, for example, allegedly referred to the Trump campaign's election grievances as ludicrous and totally off the rails in private text exchanges. Sean Hannity at one point referred to people promoting the lies as lunatics, and Raj Shaw, senior vice president of Fox Corporation, apparently described the voter fraud claim as mind-blowingly nuts. The star hosts named in the filings have been silent on the allegations. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. It's a court case. I don't want to talk about it. Now, in a statement shortly after the story broke, a Fox News person said Dominion has mischaracterized the record, cherry-picked quotes, stripped of key context, and spilled considerable ink on the facts that are irrelevant under the black-letter principles of defamation law. I don't know. Those 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 comments seem to be pretty black and white. I don't know how you could change the uh, content. When when Tucker Carlson says the campaign election grievances are ludicrous and totally off, how do you change the context of that to make it positive? Well, of course, Fox News is doing what all Trump fucks do. <laughs> they just try to gaslight. They spew this information out, and they hope to God somebody believes it. And somebody will believe it. It'll only be the 25 or 30 percent of the base, but uh, they won't be able to accomplish what they normally would accomplish. They'd throw that out there, say it never existed, control the narrative. Their base starts stirring things up, and maybe they get enough people going their way so they get by with it. That's not going to happen in this case. Dominion's not going to allow them to do that. In fact, uh, I'm willing to bet that Fox wants to settle out of court, and Dominion will say, no, we're not settling out of court. It seems like Dominion is really more interested in exposing Fox and these other people for the things they did. I had heard that at some point today, this Monday, that uh, there's going to be more documents released by Dominion. So I can fucking hardly wait to see what's going on there. Dominion is suing Fox for $1.6 billion, accusing the company of promoting damaging lies that Dominion helped rig the 2020 election against Donald Trump. Now, this case is scheduled to go to trial in April, which ain't that far away. We're coming up on March. And I believe Dominion's not as worried about the $1.6 billion because when it comes to Sidney Powell or Rudy Giuliani, they know they don't have it, but they want to expose this. They want to clear the record for themselves. Now, I think most of us understand that it's all bullshit, it's all ridiculous, but apparently they're concerned about convincing the stupid. And that may be hard to do because you can hit the stupid with facts and they'll say, I never heard that, or they don't listen to it, or they don't believe it, or they say, that isn't what Q said. So it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out, but I don't think there's any way in hell that Fox beats this Dominion lawsuit. No fucking way. They did what they did. The proof is there. It's on videotape. It's in text messages. It's kind of like Donald Trump down in Georgia. It's hard to say you didn't commit a crime, that you made a perfect call when the crime was fucking recorded. They'll still try. They'll still say, oh, that's fake. That's phonied up. That's doctored. But... None of it will stick. We've come too far. Trump, LaFox, Fox News have been made to look foolish. And uh, they're just on their current spiral and headed for the crash. Talking about crashing, here's a guy that may crash. Twitter CEO Elon Musk. <laughs> now listen to this story. You remember the story about Scott Adams. We talked about him yesterday. He's the guy that created the cartoon Dilbert. You know, the ones you saw in the newspapers? 
You know, when you would go to the fucking blacksmith and have your horses shod, you'd read the newspaper in the waiting room. I, I don't know who buys newspapers anymore. And, and, you know, if you buy newspapers and you feel insulted by this, I'm sorry, but I'm not really sorry. Why would you buy a paper? I mean, my local papers in this town, even if you go to the website, they have a paywall. And I'm not paying for that fucking paper. I'm just not paying for it. If I dig around enough, I can get all the news I want for free. And uh, they're, they're, they're putting ads in this shit anyway. Why do I have to pay you a dollar a day or a dollar a month or whatever the fuck it is? I'm not giving you any fucking money to spew bullshit. So anyway... Elon Musk, and, and, and of course, when Scott Adams did this racist thing about stay as far away from black people as you can get, he got canceled. He got heat. Now, you would think Elon Musk, if he had common sense, may jump on board the bandwagon and uh, pound Scott Adams, too. But no, he didn't do that. I'm beginning to think that Elon Musk is little more than a contrarian. That he likes to piss people off and he likes to take the opposite side just to see what happens. Elon Musk questioned why people were complaining about racist remarks made by the cartoon creator of Dilbert, then deleted his tweet and instead went off on how the media is racist. What exactly are they complaining about, Musk tweeted earlier Sunday in a response to cartoonist Scott Adams, highlighting the Washington Post and other papers dropping his cartoons. The media outlets made the decision after Adams called black people a hate group and advised white people to get the hell away from them because of his perception that all black people are racist against white people. He cited a recent Rasmussen poll as a reason for generalizing and condemning the entire black race. The poll found that 53% of black respondents of 1,000 people polled total agreed with the statement, it's okay to be white while 26 disagreed and the remaining 21% said they weren't sure. So I don't see where the problem here is. The poll found that 53% of black respondents of 1,000 people agreed. It's okay to be white. It's not great. It's not outstanding. It's okay, at least from my standpoint. 26% disagreed. So 26%, 260 of 1,000 people disagreed that it's not okay to be white. And with that, Scott Adams decides all black people hate all white people and we should just stay away from them. And now Elon Musk has trouble understanding why this fuckhead is getting canceled. Well, it's clear. It is a racist statement. And besides, the poll that, that... found these numbers, Rasmussen poll, that fucking Rasmussen poll is still suggesting that Donald Trump is polling in the high 50s or whatever it is. The Rasmussen poll is bullshit. It's been bullshit for years. It's bullshit now. And as I've said yesterday, if there are people who are leery, black people who are leery of white people, I get it, man. If you're an old white guy like me, you have no idea how things are for people of color. I don't know how things are for people of color, but I can be empathetic and sympathetic, and I see things. I mean, fuck, we can turn on our news, we can listen to our politicians, and we can see that racism is raging in this country. So if you happen to be black, might you be a little concerned and worried about whether white people, whether it's okay to be white? The whole thing is a fucking non-story, to be honest with you. There are people that don't like people for any number of reasons. Republicans and trump have hundreds of reasons. If you're a woman, if you're black, if you're poor, if you're pregnant, if you're Puerto Rican, if you're a, a Jew, if you're LGBTQ, they hate everybody. Unless you're an old white person, they don't fucking like you. Adams, who said he lives in a predominantly white neighborhood because of its racial demographics, added that he's been helping black people all my life, but he no longer will. Well, fuck you, Scott 
Adams. I looked you up. You have a net worth of $50 million. You're not helping enough. That's what I love about white people. I don't know why they need help. I worked hard all my life. I was poor growing up. I did it all on my own. But you're fucking white. And you get some benefits that people of color don't. Now, the fact that you don't know, don't know that, that's not that crazy, given that you have no idea what it's to be a person of color. But, and, and, and you know, the other side of the coin is those people that want to be the white saviors. Oh, those poor black people, I'm going to help them, I'm going to help them. That's just as fucking racist. Do you understand that? It's real simple if you don't want to be racist. You don't have to hate people of a different color. You don't have to feel sorry for people of a different color. All you have to do is treat them like fucking people, like every other person you deal with day to day. Give them the opportunities. Give them the chance to flourish or fail. Same way a white person is supposed to have it. Some of us are good people. Some of us are not. I've said this to somebody recently. I said, dude, I'm a real easy guy to deal with. You treat me nice and with respect, I'll give you the same. But if you're an asshole... Regardless of what color, sexual orientation, or religion you are, I got to tell you, I'll be a dick, and I'm pretty good at it, so it's not going to be pleasant. The point of what Scott Adams did was that he's making that division, and he's taking offense because some people of color may not appreciate all the things he's done for them. Well, dude, you write a fucking cartoon in a medium that isn't even being used anymore. So excuse me for discounting you, you dumb son of a bitch. And after all these years doing this cartoon, making all that money off white people and black people, you're so stupid you feel like you've got to make that comment. You knew you were going to get canceled over this. Weren't you getting enough views on your cartoons and you needed to create some controversy nobody cares about a fucking cartoon anybody nobody cares about scott adams nobody cares that you're white and elon musk for you to suggest that the media is racist because they took him off that's just stupid I've said this so many times before, Elon Musk is supposed to be so smart, but he keeps doing stupid shit. Why would you do that? Look, if you own a business, if you own a business and you hire a guy and he steals from you, what do you do? You fire him. If you have a woman that works for you and she deals with customers and she's racist and talks badly to people of color, what do you do? You fire her because you don't want that reputation on your business. Scott Adams is a cartoonist. Big fucking deal. But if he starts talking racist shit, every newspaper should drop that motherfucker. That is not acceptable. We as a country should not accept it, and people who own their own businesses don't need to accept it. They don't have to have any more reason that you're a racist that they fire your fucking ass. And Elon, stay the fuck out of it. You got your own goddamn problems running a, a, a platform that's running out its expiration date. I, I, I've never dealt with Twitter too much. I've never caught on with it, but uh, it's an old platform. Things are likely to change. I don't know if Elon is the guy that's going to change it, but more than likely, like every other social media platform will ultimately, it will die. It'll, it'll fall out of favor. It'll be considered old or antiquated, and that's what's going to happen to Twitter, and it'll happen to TikTok, and it will... Uh, it'll handle happen to Facebook and Instagram and all that. Ultimately, it will happen. New technology, new ideas, younger people, they'll bring in newer stuff. But I got good news for you. Rational Boomer Podcast won't go away because <laughs> the only one running that motherfucker is an old white guy, that me. And as long as you're listening, we're doing this shit. We're fucking doing this shit. So 
the, the whole racist aspect of what Scott Adams did, this creator of Dilbert, and now Elon Musk trying to turn the tables and make the media the one, the racist, that's oh-so-classic Trumplefuck projecting, trying to divert, to spin it, and put it back on the people who are making the claims. Elon, that may have worked for Donald Trump all his years in business, and maybe even his four years while he was president, but it ain't working no more. (laughs) And Elon, you better start focusing on Twitter, because I don't know what Twitter's numbers are, but uh, you don't hear much talk about it. It doesn't have as much impact, like when Donald Trump had 80 million bots on his fucking page. So Elon can suck it. Scott Adams can suck it. As far as I'm concerned, you all can be canceled. And uh, you may hate being canceled, but (laughs) that's what I like about being canceled. We got to do something about what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Let me give you an example. Say you're in kindergarten. Now, this didn't happen to me, but I know a kid that it did happen to. Kindergarten. You go there. You lay on your mat. And you go to sleep because you got, well, at least in my day, you had to take a nap. And you had a cool mat and you laid down and you slept. Teacher went out and got coffee. Well, one kid in my class really fell asleep. And he fell asleep hard. Now he's fucking five. Shit happens when you're five. And the kid peed his pants. So he gets up. You can see he peed his pants. And, of course, everybody in the classroom laughed and everybody picked on him for probably the next six months. For all intents and purposes, the kid got canceled in his own kindergarten room. And that is horrible. Nobody should have teased him because all those other motherfuckers are probably peeing their pants, too, or wearing pull-ups at that point. But that's what happens. If somebody sees you do something or hears you say something they don't like then they don't like you. And when a lot of people hear and see things they don't like, they don't like you. It's a matter of opinion. Do they like you? Do they not like you? And that thing can change if you do something stupid. Scott Adams did something very stupid. And Elon, you should shut the fuck up. You've been canceled a couple of times already. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. All right, I did a TikTok of this next story, and something weird happened. I got a couple of hundred views, and then somebody said, hey, they took your audio down. That's kind of weird, so I checked it out and damned if the audio wasn't taken out of the video. Now, TikTok will do that from time to time. They'll take down your video, or if something they feel is inflammatory is said, they'll just take down the audio, which makes no sense. I mean, if you're going to take down the audio, you might as well take down the whole fucking video, for Christ's sake. But they don't do that. So I'm checking it out, and there's no audio, so I just take the video off and fuck it. I'm not even going to argue about this because it's ridiculous. And and to be perfectly honest, I was a little more aggressive than I would normally be. Not much, not a big deal. I wasn't doing anything crazy, but apparently it was just enough for TikTok to take the sound off. So I'll tell you the story here and see what you think. Now, we know that Donald Trump likes to portray himself as a real tough guy. I'm a powerhouse guy. I'm a tough guy. I'm a mafia boss guy. But he's not really. I mean, when he had his business or when he was president, if anybody around him had the audacity to speak out against him, he would uh, fire them or destroy them in the press. And he was the guy on top of the heap so he could get away with that kind of stuff. But while he was president, there are some other people that spoke badly of him. 
that he had no power with. But that's not to suggest he didn't try. It reminds me of uh, that story. Remember that story, John Legend's wife, Chrissy Teigen, in a tweet called Donald Trump a pussy-ass bitch? And uh, I think that was taken down eventually. I mean, the fact of the matter is, when Chrissy Teigen called him a pussy-ass bitch, it's not that it wasn't accurate, because it was absolutely accurate, but apparently they thought it was too harsh. But now, in this story, we're seeing proof positive that, in fact, Donald Trump is a pussy-ass bitch. So let's talk about it. In 2018... Jimmy Kimmel mocked Donald Trump nightly. And that made Donald Trump angry. He didn't like Jimmy Kimmel speaking badly of him. Now, let's keep in mind, Kimmel does a nice talk show. He's a funny guy. We remember him from back in the day on The Man Show, a kind of a second-rate show that was funny but was really not a high-buck show. Jimmy's come a long way, and Jimmy's a likable guy, and his show is fun. And the fact of the matter is, since I've been alive, these late-night talk shows have spent a lot of time putting down and lampooning presidents, you know, all the way from Kennedy, all the way through Donald Trump, and now Joe Biden. This, This is nothing new. But Donald Trump didn't think they should do it to him. And Donald Trump got so angry and so upset and so butthurt that Donald Trump pressured White House aides to see what they could do to either shut him down or get that late-night comedian to dial back the jokes. (laughs) I love how Donald Trump is always talking about censorship and always talking about the First Amendment. I don't think he's ever read the First Amendment because he's not going to shut down Jimmy Kimmel. And he's not going to get him to dial back the jokes. In fact, if that happened to me, I'd dial him up. Now that I know it's getting to him, I would amplify that shit. Now, according to a report from Rolling Stone, several former White House officials who served under Trump confirmed that the ex-president felt Kimmel was being dishonest when he made jokes about him. Now, the fact of the matter is it's funny and it's true. The report notes that aides then shared Trump's fury with executives at Disney, owner of ABC, which carries Jimmy Kimmel live. Now, according to Rolling Stone's uh, Aswin, it's a weird name, it doesn't matter what his name is, and Adam Ronsley, the then president, according to two former Trump administration officials, was so upset by Kimmel's comedic jabs that he directed his White House staff to call up one of Disney's top executives in Washington, D.C. to complain and demand action, adding in at least two separate phone calls that occurred around the time Trump was finishing his first year in office. The White House conveyed the severity of his fury with Kimmel to Disney. Now, the report adds that Trump Trump felt that Kimmel had, in the characterization of one former senior administration official, been very dishonest in doing things that Trump would have once sued over. Well, you're still suing over that shit, dumb fuck. You just can't sue Disney and you can't sue Jimmy Kimmel because of the First Amendment, bitch. And you are a public figure. Donnie just doesn't like it. Donnie doesn't like to be crossed. And his immediate reaction is emotional, and it's about trying to shut him down. He was never going to shut him down. The report adds executives at Disney were confused that the White House kept telling them Trump wanted Kimmel to tone down his anti-Trump humor. Donald Trump actually believed you could call Disney and say, yeah, tell Kimmel to cool it, and he'd do it. Fuck no. One former Trump White House insider explained, at least one call was made to Disney that I know of. I do not know to whom, but it happened. Nobody thought it was going to change anything, but DJT was focused on it, so we had to do something. It was doing something mostly to say to Trump, hey, we did this. 
Now, we have to understand that that's been the case in most of Donald Trump's tenure. He keeps asking his administration. He keeps asking Trump lefucks. He keeps asking his lawyers to do stupid stuff that the people that are being asked know is stupid, but they have to do it because Donald Trump may fire him or get angry with him or yell at him or something. I mean, he's got lawyers right now that have done Donald Trump's bidding, even though they knew better, that have been sanctioned and may get indicted over the bullshit he's had them do. Now, at the very least, his lawyers should know better. You don't go against the law just because you want to hold on to a job with a fucking dipshit. But apparently, Donnie's very persuasive and will get people that will do things that will shit can their careers just so they can keep that smile on Donnie's chubby little fucking face with a little bit of the special sauce from the Big Mac on the corner of his mouth. (laughs) Donald Trump's a tough guy, all right. But here's something that we should note. Jimmy Kimmel is still on the air doing what he does. Donald Trump lost the election in 2020, and he's sitting in a dirty diaper down in Mar-a-Lago. So, Donnie, how did that go for you? Donnie's had an angry week. He's kind of angry, an angry guy. Donald Trump lashed out on Sunday at one-time Republican House Speaker Paul Ryan, calling him a loser after the former Wisconsin lawmaker said he will boycott the Republican National Convention in his home state next year if Trump is the likely presidential nominee. Wow, I didn't know this. The Republican National Convention is in Wisconsin. Well, I'm in Minnesota. Maybe I should take my little phone over there and go to the Republican National Convention and uh, count teeth or or uh, stir some shit up. I'd probably get my ass kicked by a couple hundred Trumplefucks, but it might be entertaining to go undercover as a undercover Trumplefuck, but really be a liberal, a libtard. Trump said, Paul Ryan is a loser in a fuming post on Truth Social. He couldn't get elected dog catcher in the Republican Party. Well, see, here's the thing, Donald. That's an old phrase that people used to use. I don't know that dog catcher is even an elected office anymore. And even if it is, I don't know if there's any differentiation between Republican and Democrat when you're Voting for a dog catcher, you dumb motherfucker. Here's the ironic thing, too. Paul Ryan was a big Trump humper himself. He was supporting Donald Trump all the way. And now he's stepped away. Because you know why? Because Paul Ryan's not quite as stupid as Donald Trump. And he knows he's a loser. Trump also preposted... What the fuck is that word? I wrote it. I can't say it. Trump also insisted in the post that he won the 2020 presidential election by a larger margin than he won in 2016. Though he won the first time around, Trump lost the popular vote in 2016, too. Now, Trump is still steaming about Ryan's interview Saturday as he was being interviewed on WISN-TV in Milwaukee. Uh, WISN reporter asked Ryan for the Republican convention in Milwaukee, where will you be? He said, it depends on who the nominee is. I'll be here if it's somebody not named Trump. I'm not interested in participating in that. No, even in Wisconsin, he added. But Ryan said he does not believe Trump will be the GOP nominee. That's where Paul Ryan and I agree. There is no way Donald Trump will be the Republican nominee for president in 2024. The reason I don't think he'll be our nominee is because we know we're going to lose with him. Yes, you're right. Ryan hasn't been shy about expressing his total opposition to Trump, which he could have done about four years ago and done some good. But no, instead, he waits until it's more uh, expedient for him to do it now. He also told the Fox News in Milwaukee just last week, if we nominate Trump again, we are going to lose. It's just that clear. 
We lost with him in 2018, 2020, and 2022. We know this. He will cost us another election. So I'm just excited about somebody not named Trump. He also slammed Trump as a proven loser in an interview last Wednesday with the Washington Post. He said he's hopeful most Republicans are ready to move beyond Trump and his baseless election lies. We proved in 2022 that if you run on election conspiracy theories and relitigate the 2020 election, it's a loser for you. You know, it's ironic what Paul Ryan said there is exactly what I've been fucking saying all along. Common sense would tell you that Republicans would walk away from MAGA and Donald Trump. And I really believe they were going to do that up until this vote in the House of Representatives to unseat Ilhan Omar from her committee. I really thought some Republicans would use some common sense and vote with the Democrats in this particular one, trying to separate themselves from the MAGA Fox. But they didn't. I don't know, Paul. I don't know if your Republicans have the courage or the balls or the intelligence to do what you think they need to do. So you may be sitting out. Put it this way, Donald Trump may not be the candidate, but I bet he shows up, tries to stir some things up. Well, on that topic, let's talk about the delusional Trump LaFox. We heard about Ronna McDaniel, Ronna Romney McDaniel. She is Mitt Romney's niece. She was reelected to the RNC chair. She said Sunday <laughs> that she expects Donald Trump to support the GOP candidate if he doesn't win the nomination. Oh, come on now. You can't possibly believe that. Donald Trump's going to set aside his own election, his own pride, his own own uh, his own interest and support a GOP candidate that's not him. The GOP decided to make Trump their standard bearer, and that means they're going to have to deal with all of the fallout from Trump's actions. The former president is desperate to run for president again. Right now, it's about ego more than anything. I think he realizes now that it's not going to save him from being indicted. Republicans, though, are very worried about what he might do if he doesn't win the nomination. Well, we know what he's going to do. He's going to burn down the Republican Party and good fucking riddance. As a result of that fear, McDaniel is asking all candidates to sign a pledge promising to support the nominee. If they don't sign, they will be barred from debating. Skeptical about Trump's reaction to the pledge, asked her guest, are you prepared to block the former president? McDaniel answered, well, he signed it in 2016. He did. Everybody signed in 2016. She then was pressed on her on the matter of noting that this is a different situation. The RNC countered, I think they're all going to sign it. I really do. Well, you're delusional, Miss McDaniel. The RNC ch chair stated, I think the voters are very intent on winning, and they do not want to see a debate stage of people saying, I'm not going to support this guy. I'm not going to support this guy. What they need to say is, I'm going to do everything I can to defeat Joe Biden. And that means supporting the nominee of the Republican Party. Well... Here's the thing. It's not just Donald Trump. you got a lot of Republican fucks that will claim election fraud if they lose in the primary. That's Republican against Republican. You're hoping against hope that these Republicans, these trump fucks, will actually get along and agree on something and step back when somebody else's nominated candidate. Donald Trump will certainly not do it. The people that are the candidates or the trump aren't going to be willing to step on Donald Trump's toes. So, Rana, I think you're going to have a shit show in Wisconsin during the uh, Republican National Convention. Now, before the Republican National Convention, we got another circus we've got to deal with. And this is a favorite of mine. It's kind of like uh, a combination of a renaissance fair and a fucking freak show. I'm talking, of course, about CPAC. 
Former President Trump and his ex-United Nations Ambassador Nikki Haley are set to give dueling addresses at the Conservative Public Action Conference, CPAC, next week, putting a sharp focus on the ongoing tug-of-war within the GOP. Now, there is very little that would cause me to watch CPAC. But if Nikki Haley gets to speak first and then Donald Trump speaks after that, oh, that's going to be fucking entertaining. And if Ronna McDaniel is worried about her uh, convention becoming a shit show, you need to watch CPAC because it's going to be clear what your convention is going to look like after Donald Trump tears into Nikki Haley. Now, it'll be the first time since Haley launched her presidential bid last week that the two declared major Republican 2024 contenders will pitch their candidates at the uh, our candidacies at the same event. And while few Republicans expect Trump and Haley to go after each other directly, they say it could offer one of the clearest examples yet of the simmering tensions within the party. You really think that Donald Trump is going to stay calm and hold his temper? Do you think Nikki Haley isn't going to talk some shit about Donald Trump? This is awesome. This should be a fucking pay-per-view. WWE should get in there and set it all up. Make it a fucking cage match for all I care. But if you think Donald Trump is going to behave, fucking please. I just can't wait to see if they bring the golden Trump uh, statue. That was fucking awesome. I don't know. Somebody's got to have that sitting in their house someplace. And it's got to be the biggest uh, um, uh, laugh for anybody who walks in a room and sees that golden Donald Trump. There's a lot of next generation candidates out there. And I think that Nikki is tactfully going to try to make the case that there's a real choice between these older guys like Trump and his younger generation of leaders that are changing the world uh, one of the consultants, a Republican consultant said, yeah, that's a good way to couch it, but that's not the way Donald Trump is going to see it. Having them both at the CPAC, you're going to have two different types of personalities. Well, you know, maybe not. I mean, Nikki Haley tries to be a little smoother. She's maybe a little more articulate. She's maybe slightly more intelligent. But she still says some racist, crazy shit. She backed Donald Trump for years. And now she wants to go make the case, well, it's time for younger people. Well, I agree it's time for younger people. But I don't care if it's younger or older people just so they're not fucking racist. Just so they're not Republicans. Of course, now Donald Trump is kind of a wounded front runner. He's taken a lot of hits. A growing number of Republicans have begun to question his influence and political instincts after the party's lackluster performance in 2022. See, he thought he was going to be the big hero there, that all these endorsed candidates would win and he'd come out strong and he'd announce for the presidency and he would sail and become the president in 2024. Well, it didn't quite happen that way, did it now, Donnie? You lost. You lost big. You are embarrassed. And even still, you so need the attention that even though you were at your weakest moment, you decide to announce for the presidency. This is where it proves that with him, it's ego over intelligence. That was not a good move. And he was advised not to announce he's running for president, first of all, that early. Secondly, after getting his ass kicked. But he did it anyway. Donald Trump doesn't listen to shit. He doesn't listen to anybody. And every time he does that, he fucks himself. So let him go. Let him run. Let him have his head. The former U.N. ambassador and South Carolina governor has so far built her campaign around that very notion, and she's expected to make that argument once again next week when she takes the stage at CPAC. There was a guy named Saul Anuzis, a Republican strategist and former GOP chairman who has attended every CPAC since 1978. What the fuck has that done to your soul? 
You said that the gathering just outside of Washington, D.C. will give Haley a real chance to introduce herself to the uh, party's activist class and fine-tune her message. He said, for Nikki, it's really an opportunity to introduce herself in a different vein. People know of her as a former governor, a former ambassador to the U.N., but they don't know her really. She's got to basically show why she's credible, what her message is, and how to do it without being anti-Trump, and I think that's going to be the balancing act for her. It doesn't matter what she does. If she doesn't mention Donald Trump, if she doesn't even try to act like she's anti-Trump, the fact that she's running against him will be enough anti-Trump for fucking Trump. That will piss him off. He will not be able to hold his temper. He will go after Haley, especially if she does a good job. Oh, he doesn't like that possibility. So far, Haley's been kind of careful around Trump, only taking implied digs at her former boss. When she announced her campaign last week, she noted that Republicans had lost the popular vote in seven of the last eight presidential elections and called for a change in the party's leadership without directly mentioning its current leader, Donald Trump. Well, well, Nikki, I, I got an idea for you. Donald Trump aside, if you want to win the popular vote, maybe you should have a platform, some policies, some things that you're actually going to do instead of talking bullshit. Through the entire Obama administration, through the entire Trump administration, and in the two years of uh, Biden's administration, Republicans have done exactly zero. Well, not exactly zero. They did do that one tax break for the rich and the temporary one, the crumbs for we the people. Instead of worrying about Trump, because Trump isn't going to be a factor under anybody's scenario, maybe focus on telling us what you might actually fucking accomplish. But don't worry about it too much, Nikki, because you don't have a fucking prayer in 2024. The fact is, in my mind, no Republican has a fucking prayer in 2024. There's too much bad going on with the Republican Party, and it's going to get worse. All right. Now, we've been dicking around with this student loan relief plan for some time. Joe Biden announced it quite a while back. Uh, then somebody sued to stop it. It's gone all the way to the Supreme Court. Biden has continually delayed the time when people have to start making payments again. But now we're getting down to nut-cutting time. I think tomorrow the opening arguments are going to be given on this case regarding this the student loan relief. It's a do-or-die moment on Tuesday as it reaches the Supreme Court for oral arguments. The up to $20,000 in debt relief that could go to millions of Americans faces two challenges. One from six Republican states, Biden versus Nebraska, and from two student loan borrowers, Department of Education versus Brown. Biden's plan to save one of the biggest campaign promises hinges on two arguments. The administration says that the Education Secretary, Miguel Cardone, had the authority to forgive the debt under the Higher Education Relief Opportunities for Student Heroes Act. But legal observers said the closer question could be whether the justice reach the merits at all. The Biden administration contends that neither group of the challengers has standing, meaning the legal capacity to sue. With the lower courts placing the plan on hold, the Biden administration now must face a conservative majority Supreme Court in its effort to give borrowers relief. Here's what you need to know about the legal issues in the two student debt relief cases. The Higher Education Relief Opportunities for Student, or HEROES Act, has only recently come back into focus. It was passed two decades ago with bipartisan support as the country headed to war following the 9-11 terror attacks. The law gives the Education Secretary authority to waive or modify federal student financial assistance programs as the Secretary 
deems necessary in connection with a war or other military operation or national er emergency, which in this case was COVID. The Trump administration began using HEROES Act authority to pause student loan payments after declaring the coronavirus pandemic a national emergency. Now, after Biden took office, his administration extended the emergency and the payment pause before announcing the debt relief plan last year. The administration has said that the HEROES Act plain text authorizes Cardona uh, to forgive the debts and that his decision to do so was reasonable. He has put forward data showing that many borrowers at risk of defaulting on their loans if the payment pause ends without debt relief. Federal government provides relief to people affected by crises all the time, and that relief flows not just immediately after the crisis, but in the months and years afterwards, said Jonathan Miller, a chief program officer at the Public Rights Project, which filed a brief supporting the administration on behalf of the governments. So what's going to happen? What is going to happen? I don't know, really. I don't know. We do have a uh, um, we do have a uh, conservative Supreme Court, but they're kind of under fire right now. They're kind of taking it in the ass. Do they risk taking it again? And if this doesn't come through, what does that do to Joe Biden? A lot of people have been counting on it, and they're absolutely right. If these debt payments start up again and the interest rates are the same, it's going to put a heavy burden on those people that have to pay it, which will affect the economy. And as I've said before, as much as there are some people that don't believe these forgivenesses should be given, they aren't thinking beyond the end of their nose. Because millennials and Gen Zs who have these student loan debts, if they're burdened with slave-type debt, they are going to be able to buy things. They are going to be able to afford things. The old people that want to sell their houses and live off that for their retirement, well, nobody's going to be able to either qualify or buy your houses, so the value of your houses is going to go down. And if you vote against the student debt relief, I hope your house does go down fucking in half. You got to think beyond the end of your nose. We want this country to flourish. We want millennials and Gen Zs to be able to pick up where we left off and do better. Now, those people who went to school like me in the 60s or 70s or even the 80s say, well, well I paid mine. Yeah, but what we paid was vastly different. What these student loan companies are doing is predatory, and they are taking advantage. The amount of money that these kids owe is absolutely astounding, and they can't even file bankruptcy to get out from underneath it. They are stuck with it for their lifetime. That's fucking crazy. It's fucking crazy, and it's bad for this country. I hope the Supreme Court does the right thing, but if they don't, I hope that Joe Biden's got another idea because he's going to get kicked in the ass if the Supreme Court shuts this down. All right, last thing we're going to talk about, another little funny thing, another little stupid thing by our favorite stupid motherfucker, and that is Donald Trump, uh, pussy-ass bitch, to uh, take a phrase from Chrissy Teigen. Critics now have mocked former President Donald Trump after he suggested that the solution to the war in Ukraine would be to get people in a room and knock some heads. Oh, that sounds like great diplomacy, Donnie. That's, that's his. Remember when he said, oh, I could get this taken care of in 24 hours. We could get it taken care of in 24 hours and just wait till I become president. And so now he gives his plan, and the plan is get people in a room and knock some heads. Who's going to do it, Donnie? You? You and your dirty diaper? Mr. Trump made the comments on the one-year anniversary of Russia's invasion into Ukraine in a radio conversation 
with Glenn Beck, who is another dip fuck. The saddest part of the war is that it is a war that should have never happened, right? Okay. Well, yeah, but your buddy, Vladimir Putin, your girlfriend, invaded an innocent country, killing innocent people, getting innocent kids from his own country killed. So now it happened. Now you have to get people in a room. You have to knock heads and you've got to get it done. You're going to knock heads with Putin? You're scared to death of Putin, you dumb motherfucker. That would mean saying things to Putin and saying things to Zelensky that they're not going to want to hear and getting them in a room and getting it done. See, that's what Donnie says. He talks very very wide. I mean, That's not the word I'm looking for, but you know what I mean. He's speaking generally. Well, we just got to go in there and do it. That's your plan? We're just going to go in and do it? Well, how are you going to do it? How are you going to get Vladimir Putin to bend? Sanctions and killing his people and embarrassing him hasn't been enough to get him to do it. What are you going to do? Wrap him on the top of the head and he's going to say, oh, Donnie, don't hurt me and I'm going to stop? Fuck you, you dumb shit. Twitter users had a field day with the former president's simplistic solution. Attorney and activist Ron Flipkowski tweeted audio and quotes from an interview on Sunday morning writing, Trump finally reveals his secret plan to end the war. The idea of Trump saying anything to Putin that Putin doesn't want to hear is simply hilarious, said one tweeter. As for what to say to Zelensky, I don't think, hey, you got to stop defending your country and give Putin what he wants is going to cut it. Putin can end the war he started. Another person tweeted out, this is brilliant, so nuanced and savvy. Why hasn't anyone thought of that? A little sarcastic, I would guess. Another wrote that Donald Trump thinks you can achieve peace by just locking people in a room until they figure it out. He thinks it's like negotiating a real estate deal, and he can't even fucking do that. Just like Republicans' panacea for all economic woes are tax cuts for the rich. Unrealistic attempts at resolving major issues. Donald Trump is a dumb motherfucker. And there are more and more Republicans embarrassed by his antics and his comments. Still, there's a bunch of people, his base, that thinks he's an absolute genius. He's their Lord and Savior. And that can only mean one thing, that they are fucking dumber than he is. And that is the problem in this country. We have too many dumb people, and that takes us back to the student loan relief and what I've said before. We've got a crisis of stupidity in this country. We need to act on it. You want an emergency we have to work on? The crisis, the pandemic of stupidity. And what would be the answer to that? Give everybody fucking free education. Put them in schools and try to get them out of their ignorance and into common sense and logic and some intellect at all. All right, we're going to wrap up the Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen. I hope you have a great day, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.